talking Sonic the Hedgehog. Hit it. It was 1991. The Minnesota Twins won the World Series. The New Kids on the Block played the Super Bowl halftime show. Wizard Magazine published its first issue, and Sega began a video game franchise with a blue hedgehog that blew everyone away. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s and 90s, toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s and 90s, we got it covered. Now, before I introduce my guest, it's time for the 80s word of the day. This comes from the Dictionary of 1980s Slang by Rick Carlisle. Today's word is shred, verb, to perform outstandingly with great energy, concentration, and phenomenal skill. Originally applied mainly to surfing, but later and in more widespread usage to guitar playing, though this latter usage was prevalent more in the 90s than the 80s. Brought into the mainstream by, let's say, Pantera's The Art of Shredding from their major label debut album, Cowboys from Hell, in 1990. Use it all the time. All right. Uh, joining me is a totally rad Christmas all-star from Conversations with Robbie Sherman and Sherman Sucks at Sonic. It's Robbie Sherman. Robbie, what's happening? Hey, nothing much. Um, it's a pleasure to be on here again, Jerry. It's a, it, yeah, two-timer. Proud. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're officially a, an all-star here. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. <laughs> it's like this is like my Van Halen too, you know. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll make it to 1984. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to have you back on. Last time was a lot of fun uh, talking uh, Ralph Bakshi, and and this time we got Sonic the Hedgehog, which is uh, was one of my favorite games. What you know? What's your experience or your history or everything with Sonic the Hedgehog? I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog shapes my idea of what a video game is. Like, some of my earliest memories are of this, like, so- little blue guy running around circles, you know? <laughs> I, can remember, I can remember being, like, four or five and getting yelled at by my uncle, you know, because it's dinner time and I want to sit there and play this game I'm in the middle of. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was a... Yeah, Genesis, that was a... Yeah, that was my that was some of my first exposure to non Nintendo video games, because all I'd ever had was Nintendo games. I had the NES that my mom got me when I was real young, and then I had a Game Boy of some kind. Eventually, I always I was always a big fan of Game Boy and the Game Boy (laughs) Advance. Great, uh, good good times. At least as far as video games go, they were good times. Yeah, and I mean, the comes kind of in the same boat. I remember Nintendo, I played a ton of it. It was awesome. But when the Genesis came out, it was just completely different, you know, because the graphics were way better. Uh, and then Sonic hit, and it was like just ridiculously fast. You know, it's everything that you want just in your face uh, as much as you can get it. And so, so it was like, I mean, it was a big deal. And I remember... Just, you know, same thing. I'm just playing it all the time. And it was it was super cool. Just seeing him kind of spin. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything was just was was awesome. I was never great at it. I was okay at it. I was never great. But uh, my little brother, uh, he ended up like just loving the game. So as I started playing other games and other systems, he stuck with Sonic. And he became like ridiculously amazing at Sonic games. So... <laughs> It was like really in his wheelhouse, but, you know, I remember just, you know, trying my best and, and not doing too bad. I mean, I, I beat it, but you know, it's, it, it still took a little bit longer for me. Yeah. I've had a, a long, long history with the Sonic games. I've tapered off over the past few years because I just, uh, like I, I don't keep up with newer consoles because I don't have the money. I have other yeah. things I have to put that money into. Unfortunately, I'd like to play I newer. 
yeah, I'd like <laughs> to play newer consoles, but I don't. I don't have the money. I don't have the time to set right. up all the stuff. Um, the understanding of some of this stuff, like, wow, like you know, to play some of the newer video games, you have to have a real intuitive understanding of what you're doing with the way they've got the controls set up. I'm, it's pretty wild how, uh, <laughs> like, um, my head is still in like the GameCube era. Like, I <laughs> that was probably, that was probably the last like major console I was seriously playing constantly. And then after I had video, video games became a thing that I did over at my buddies' houses. <laughs> um, yep. But now, like, I have a I have like good PC equipment, and I I play a lot of the older games on my PC. Um, I've been playing a fan-made game called Sonic Roboblast 2, and uh, it's a, like, 3D, uh, somewhat open-world game where, yeah, I mean, it plays like a Sonic game. It's, uh, they use Sonic CD-era sprites for that. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's it's great I'll, I'll send it to you it's good yeah that sounds awesome <laughs> that sounds super yeah, fun yeah. yeah it's very fun once you get the controls down it's great right on yeah i mean um the last one i think i played was yeah sonic um no not sonic maybe sonic and knuckles no i know what it was it was sonic chaotix for the 32x that was the last sonic game that i was really into Oh, okay. I really didn't do a, a, a whole lot of Sonic. I was a Sonic Adventure 2 boy. I had the Okay. I never yeah. had a Dreamcast, unfortunately, but I did I like that, have the yeah. GameCube and um I had Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and I was so into that, even though I just even at that age I knew it was a buggy video game that had problems right. with how it like handled its camera and things. But I don't know. It had right. a it had a vibe to it that I was really into. Uh, Shadow the Hedgehog is a really fun melodramatic thing uh, when you're a kid. <laughs> um, I, it still doesn't make sense to me as an adult. I just think it's such melodramatic nonsense. But it <laughs> like the design is cool, right? And uh, yeah, hey, it looks really cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in that game they actually made around Shadow, you could wield a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That was, a, that was a fun thing to do when I was 14. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like a lot of cartoon characters that wield guns. Like uh, when Jack and Daxter went real hard ass and they started wielding guns. That was a great time in my life. <laughs> yeah. There's uh well, and I, I mean, I'm from the eighties, so that we're all about characters with guns, but um, <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, you you like Sonic so much. You even have a like your own show about it, you know, uh, uh, or, 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 more, or, or more stream, page. I guess, more of a Twitch yeah, stream. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I just I, I just post little streams up of like different games I play. A lot of these are fan made games. All I was uh, saying is that uh, Sega is really cool with fan made material, and they're really cool with emulation. So I don't feel bad putting up like trial runs and other run-throughs of Sonic video games, like different kinds. Uh, The fan-made Sonic game community is so sick. Uh, Nintendo is killing itself, like, (laughs) keeping its properties so close to the vest. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, I mean, I say at this point, why not? You know, most of them are older games. Most people don't even care about them. Just let them let them go. I played some really cool, uh, you know, mods in my day, and so yeah. it's like, come on, man, just just let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I I really like the idea of a open internet. Like all, I I try to keep all my stuff for free on some level if I release right. anything, no matter what, because I like the idea that anyone should be able to access this. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, I hear and a you. lot of people, you know, they say, oh, that devalues your stuff. Uh, well, I mean, well, if you're not doing something that people can get a hold of and people can be influenced by one way or the other, then does it really matter, in my opinion, in the internet age when anybody can get anything, you know? <laughs> they should want to look up your stuff because it's good, you know, whether or not they're going to pay for it or they think it's exclusive. And I try really hard to make a quality podcast and music and other things. Right. I'm an right. amateur animator, but uh, I, I've been having a lot of tech troubles over the past few years. So I haven't gotten out like the animation stuff I've wanted to. 
Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, uh, so I don't have a lot of experience with 16-bit as far as design goes. I do have experience with 8-bit design. Um, I was working on a, I was designing my own Mega Man style, <laughs> of course, Christmas game. Uh, and so it was like, oh. like, like Santa, Rudolph, Frosty, like all these different guys. And depending on which level you went, like which boss, then you would be a different character. So it was kind of like this big group of, of Christmas related heroes against this big group of Christmas related villains. And in the end, you were going to f- fight against Winterbolt from Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July um i never got around to finishing it just because of uh you know life <laughs> so yeah. uh so it was just one of those things and but i still have all the sprites and so that's why randomly i'll use some of these sprites and you know and like my logos or designs or something and just kind of toss them in just copy paste real quick but i think it would be fun to do like a sonic the hedgehog style game you know i mean not only is the spinning super cool but just the the look and in general was neat with the 16-bit graphics um, because it was a huge leap. I remember like seeing it and thinking, wow, this looks so cool and vibrant and different, but not like in your face ugly. You know, it was just, it, it had yeah. bright colors and, and it was awesome, but it, it was well done. I thought I, overall, well, I'm a big fan of the, uh, like the main Sonic the Hedgehog games because they usually yeah. have very fluid, interesting animation, you know, very very character based animation. It's very lively and I I think um the the cartoon we're going to discuss today, like if anybody digs it, that's totally fine. But I've never been a particular fan of these <laughs> American I, Sonic the Hedgehogs and they just don't have the same vibe. And I feel like the things that make the Japanese ones so the Japanese game designs so engrossing and good to look at don't necessarily apply here there's a certain griminess to these american productions that just feel off no i i agree i think it's one of those things that where they i mean because they did it with the Mega Man cartoon also I, I i love Mega Man, but the cartoon was hard to watch for me same thing it just it didn't stick with that you know that that design that they had you know he was based off astro boy but instead they yeah. you know buffed him up and i mean it just it, it just didn't quite play out yeah yeah they did that to all the video game packaging too like they have this terrible like faux realistic looking mega man that is just I remember ugly. like <laughs> it is uncomfortable to look at the guy's head <laughs> is like twice as big as any normal head should be it's awful <laughs> awful, awful yeah exactly and and you're right the cartoon uh so i'm i'm kind of pushing it back a little bit just because I don't want to talk about it that much. Uh, it's not that it's yeah. terrible. It's just, it's not, it's not my favorite. Yeah. And it, it has good elements to it. It does. Um, yeah. yeah. It does have good elements. You're right about that. But just overall. Yeah. I mean, it just, the first one, it was like fun and adventurous and, you know, the game it's, it just had all these high speed mechanics and, and just everything was, was really accessible and cool. But the, the cartoon, well, well, cartoons, we'll, we'll talk about both of them, but the cartoons were just, they had their own designs, especially the Saturday morning one was like an apocalyptic type world where Robotnik like has taken over. I mean, it was just very different from what I was used to, um, you know, playing the game. But before we get into it real quick, I, I, I just want to give a little bit about the game. So it actually kind of started really, if you think about it around 88, because that's when Sega decided they need some sort of character to rival Mario. Mario was like taking over everything. So they had like an in-house design competition. Eventually around 1990, they they decided to go with Sonic the, the Hedgehog. And so they decided they were going to build this whole game around it. And especially uh, this one in particular mechanic that involved like smooth, um, like rotating graphics or, or pixels um, uh, on various la- layers. And so from there, they built this game that was just like, as I keep saying, it was just really fast and fun and playable. And so it came out in 1991 um, in June. Now by by Christmas of 1991, it had sold about a million copies here in the US alone and about 2 million worldwide, giving them like a 65% share 
of the market. I mean, it was like ridiculous, the numbers that went into this thing. But it's basically just like a straightforward, you know, 2D side-scrolling platform, you know, platformer. Yeah. And that's really it. Yeah, I mean, in certain ways, it's not like necessarily original because it has like these collecting elements to it. Yeah, so so you're right. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, really you're going through the, the level, you can collect some items to help power yourself up. You can get rings, which is kind of like coins in Mario, yeah. 100 rings, yeah. you get an extra life. Um, but they also offer some sort of protection. So when you get hit, you lose the rings, but you don't lose your life. And so then you can just collect rings again. As long as you have one ring, you're, you're pretty much safe from dying after a hit. So that was like a big thing. But then there were different levels you could jump up. You could take like a high road, you could take a low road. I mean, it was really uh, it was really a cool design that they came up with here, but especially the spins, you know, they had a lot of like loop de loops and what are like bumpers that would or springs, yeah. I guess that, yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. just you know toss you over different things. And it was a really neat idea where there'd be you know rings up in the air that you could grab and uh, just things like that. Now, of course, uh, it did so well, they decided to do Sonic 2, where they introduced a new character, you know, Tails. He was like the main one. But then in Sonic 3, we get uh, Knuckles, the echidna, who I'm sure many have, have seen already in the Sonic 2 movie now. Uh, if they were unfamiliar with him, they are probably now familiar. But Idris Elba. Idri- yeah, exactly. That Man, I, I went to see it this morning. I took the kids because they were off. Uh, they had yeah. Easter Monday off. And... I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, it's not, you know, like fine cinema or anything, but yeah. it was fun. You know, <laughs> it was a fun time. It's, so, a, it's uh, like a later El- Orson Welles, not an early Orson Welles, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Orson Welles and uh, Transformers, the movie. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was good time. Um, but like each time they they would introduce a new character, sometimes several like Knuckles Chaotix, where they had the chameleon. I don't remember his name. And and uh, I mean, all these other characters. But what we're going to be talking about today, especially besides the games that uh, I want to hit a little bit more before we get into the, is the cartoons. So there were actually two cartoons licensed in 1993. One of them was for ABC and the other one was for syndication. Now, the one in syndication is the one we're going to be focusing on. That's the one that aired weekday afternoons, so 65 episodes were, were created, which was standard for the time. It was uh, 13 yeah. weeks of, of five you know, episodes per week. run. Yeah, exactly. The Saturday morning one, the one for ABC, was the one that was like really dark and apocalyptic, and you know, like Robotnik had taken over, and Sonic leads like a band of freedom fighters. Uh, that one was not great. But some of those elements I noticed were actually incorporated into this one. This is technically the, the Christmas special here, which aired in 1996. So um, it was the very end of this run here. But the Christmas special actually was like the season finale of The Adventures of Sonic, the syndicated show. The yeah. odd thing is, though, that some of the elements of, of the you know the Saturday morning show include, came up in it, like the SWAT bots. W- what's her name? Princess um, Sally. Sally. She shows up. You know, even yeah. though she doesn't have it like any lines, which I uh, actually <laughs> I actually enjoyed that for the special. I thought that was good for the special overall. Yeah, yeah, and it was. I mean, it was a strange special. Because, I mean, it ends weird. That's for one thing, but it just seems like it doesn't really. Even though it fit more along the lines of the adventures of Sonic, it it just it seemed like it was a like a whole nother universe almost. Because their robo, what is it, Robotropolis? Yeah. I think is still there, which wasn't in the Adventures of Sonic, and uh, you know it's from the Saturday morning one. So it's just it, it almost seemed like like this was just a different universe in the multiverse <laughs> of Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons. <laughs> I think they were making this so late in the run that they just they were not caring one bit. Just like whatever we can use, we're just gonna do it. Um, That's right. Just, uh, <laughs> This screenplay totally reeks of people just trying to fill out time because it goes through at least three or four different things that could constitute entire episodes and they're rushed <laughs> through like as like the main like story arcs, but it doesn't make any sense together. This this whole thing is so 
jumbled in what it's trying to do. It's trying to like have the action and also have comedy, even though it doesn't really set any jokes up. Um, that's another <laughs> thing that confuses me about these American Sonics. They they confuse catchphrases with jokes. Yes, phrases have to be the punchline to jokes. It's a bad. It's a sign <laughs> of bad cartoon writing all around. Um, do you do you like the animation in these at all? Not particularly. Um, but again, I grew up watching like Robo. Well, not Robotech, but like Transformers and Voltron and um, GI Joe, where that style of animation it was a little more i don't want to say realistic but you know compared to like the anime style that especially evolved in like the mid to late 90s yeah i mean it's just it was different it's a whole different thing this was almost like ren and stimpy but ren and stimpy done poorly <laughs> uh, yeah and um it's weird there are moments where they do have like animation i think it's fluid and expressive and then they mm-hmm. just, and then and then it just collapses at times. Like Tails looks so terrible. You can see the lines overlapping and what he's doing because I, I imagine every bit of this production was a first take thing. Let me tell you, um, they made so many episodes right. of this like within such a short amount of time. It is a miracle that what we're watching is put together as good as it is. Um, right. I know. I know. This whole production had some animation veterans working behind it, mostly because they needed to work. Um, right. If I'm not mistaken, the guy who did the intro for the Saturday AM, he was a big time animator back in the Hanna Barbera days and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> it did kind of have. I mean, it was done by Deke, but it did kind of have that. Uh that Hanna-Barbera feel for it. So I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know, there was a little bit of a, that, that same kind of motion, um, but again, not like, like, a, like high quality. For the Saturday AM, it takes more of like a Johnny quest approach where you have like kind of detailed backdrops and things right. like interesting sci-fi premises, but you don't have a lot of money. So a lot of your, a lot of your action comes from posing and like doing these things that look expressive, but aren't necessarily full animation. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that also plays into this too, because a lot of, I guess a lot of what makes it a watchable cartoon is the fact that there are expressive poses here and there, and you get like good animation between the characters. Um, you know, I think the backdrops vary and occasionally it just, they're just no relation to what the backdrop is supposed to be compared to what is going on in the actual character's reality. Like yeah, very occasionally yeah. you just see like some random color in the background. Just a color. Nothing. Yeah. It's some, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like some sort of gradient in the background, you know, like maybe yeah, pink yeah. that kind of fades into a lighter pink, you know, uh, uh, you're right. I didn't notice that as well. <laughs> don't let anybody tell you different. That is just animators being stressed for time because most, uh, <laughs> yeah. like 90, 99% of them are just like, Oh, I got to do something. Okay. Pink. No one will care. It's a color. It'll be fine. <laughs> as long as it's not white, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and I, I know that, uh, they were trying to time it to be released with that uh, Sonic X um, that never actually was released for the Sega Saturn. Cause oh, originally it was going to be called something like set Sonic extreme Christmas yes, or something like that. It. Yeah. Sonic extreme <laughs> is the, yeah. Sonic X became an anime like property. Like that became the name of an anime property, but that has way more to do with the Sonic adventure series than uh, <laughs> right. any, of, any of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell that, you know, the same thing, like you said, they're trying to meet their deadline. Let's just get it done. Some of the lines and colors are actually still really crisp, even watching it on uh, on YouTube or wherever it is. You're, yeah, you can yeah. find this thing. But uh, and, and I was impressed with that. I thought, wow, someone has preserved these lines pretty well. But yes, yeah, so the, the backgrounds, they're kind of fuzzy. Um I also noticed the overlapping lines occasionally. Uh, it had like that old school um disney 
you know, like from the, 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 when Disney wasn't like great yet, <laughs> you know, like they had their heyday, they were fading and they kind of came back. Yeah. It kind of had that like fading era Disney <laughs> quality this, there, um, where you can see some of the, the line, you know, the, uh, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, yeah. These productions, when I was growing up, they never like really did it for me the way, uh, like the Warner Brothers productions like did it for mm-hmm. me at the time. All the Animaniacs, I'm doing the Freakazoid rewatch right now, I'm recording episodes right. for that, and uh, yeah, so I, I never really took these very seriously when I was growing up. They always frustrated me from an animation standpoint and just from a story right. standpoint because. Like uh, the Saturday AM is almost in a completely different realm from the video games mm. that I had been playing for so long. So to discover this cartoon and realize it has nothing to do with the video games just made me so angry. Like <laughs> I was so I was so angry at these things for so many years. See, and I can I can relate to that because when uh, the He-Man Masters of the Universe movie was coming out in 87, oh I remember God. being so excited because I was a huge He-Man fan. I was like super jazzed and you it like barely child. resembled. Yeah, it, it like barely resembled the cartoon at all or even like the original toy line. I mean, it was it was yeah. not close at all. And I remember being so disappointed and, and like bitter and just just mad. It's like, well why is man at arms blue? You know, I mean, like, like what's going on? Why does Tila have all this, you know, where's, where's her normal outfit? You know, I mean, just ridiculous things like Skeletor's face could have been yellow. Why didn't you make it yellow? I mean, um, you know, and just, it, you know, it didn't correlate. And so in my mind, it, it just, I had a, a big disappointment and hatred for it. So I completely get where you're coming from, but I remember watching this cartoon, um, especially in syndication, like on USA network thinking like, this doesn't really seem like Sonic. You know, I remember like a lot of the stages there was a, you know, like, like green Hills or, or Emerald Emerald Hills later on, you know, where it's, there's, it's lush and vibrant. And then, you know, you go to like the casino zone and uh, there's all these, you know, fancy machines. It looks like a big casino or like the temple ruins or whatever it's called. Uh, Where were those? I don't remember seeing any of those. I just remember just lots of plain backgrounds. And uh, so it was kind of a bummer. I, I completely agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was another main problem. Like nothing resembled the stages I would be playing right. in the video games. So like when yeah. I watch when I'd watch these very uh Chuck Jones kind of backgrounds, I mm-hmm. <laughs> it uh yeah, it wasn't quite doing it for me. <laughs> 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 yeah i like I it more i like it more now that i'm an older man because i appreciate it from an animation like history level like it makes a right lot of sense, like the way they're doing it like <laughs> i gotcha and i i the funny thing is i'm kind of similar with he-man i i really like the masters of the, the universe movie now but i when i was you know seven or eight or however old i was when it came out uh, I, I had huge problems with it, but I watch it like three or four times a year now. So let me, uh, <laughs> I, I, I must like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let me say one thing about that. If they had kept the movie going like they do at the beginning where you're in Eternia and they hadn't mm-hmm. gone to like regular earth, I would probably right. be okay with it because I, I, I did think it was kind of like gritty and grimy, even though it looked low budget. I thought like maybe right. if the movie had kept going in that direction, which it does not. No, and a lot of that was just budget budget oh, reasons. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> oh oh yes. Can- Canon films. I mean, we could go on and on about that, but <laughs> that's, a, that's an entire episode and a half. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's like a whole series just on Canon films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, what did you think about Jaleel White as the voice of Sonic? Were, were you into that? Because I remember good. the first time I heard it, I remember thinking it didn't quite fit. But the more I watched, the the more I got into it. To where now when, uh, what's his name? Ben, oh gosh, I don't remember his name. The guy Schwartz. that's doing it now. Schwartz, that's right. Ben Schwartz, yeah. So he, uh, you know, now that Ben Schwartz is, is doing it, he kind of has that same Jaleel White vibe. And so in my mind, it's like, yeah, that fits. But I remember yeah. when I first heard it, I was really shocked. I, I didn't think Sonic would sound like that. 
I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Whatever, he's a uh, confident. I mean, it's... I mean, I guess it, like the timbre compared to the other voices is a mm-hmm. little different, but it still right. projects the same kind of like confidence. Not, it's not, it's like bordering on smug. And I think that's kind of yes. what you need to be like a good Sonic the Hedgehog. You never want to cross that border into full on smug, but. Right. You are like if you're a Sonic the Hedgehog, then there's something kind of wily about you. You're self-aware. <laughs> I th- well, I, and I, that I, reminds I, me of the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I think Julia White is great. Please go on. Well, I was just it, it, what you said reminded me of uh, the video game when if you like didn't use move the cursor or do anything at all, and you just kind of stood there you would actually, you know, Sonic, the, the pixels would actually like turn and look at you and he would like start tapping his foot and, you know, crossing his arms. I mean, it was a, it was a fun little bit. And uh, I think Jaleel White definitely looking back on it, especially, I think he definitely captured that, you know, like I'm in a hurry, you know, I'm Sonic the hedgehog. I do everything fast. Come on, get moving kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, The one thing that I I did regret, um, the, Really, in the Saturday morning cartoon, the, the one that I liked, or, or the only really bit that I liked, was that uh, Dr. Robotnik was voiced by Jim Cummings. And uh, in this one, The Adventures of Sonic, he was voiced by uh, someone else. Long it was like John Long John Baldry. Baldry. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen Jim Cummings in this version, because I think, uh, I don't know, something about Jim Cummings' voice, his whole you know filmography... I think uh, I actually I think I, I enjoyed his voice better than Long John Baldry's, and I, I I think it would have been cooler to see him in this Christmas special rather than that. But I understand this was the finale technically of of the Adventures of Sonic, so yeah, yeah, it was just kind um, of a bummer. Are you a fan of OKKO? OK Let's be heroes. Um, I can't say that I've ever heard that actually. Oh, okay, well, it's a Cartoon Network property. Ran for about three years. Um, okay. They have one of the best Sonic the Hedgehog crossovers ever. They uh, they have Jim Cumming as an actual part of their cast, and they use him like as like like as a Robotnik figure in the episode. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's it's so good. Um, it. Nice. It has it has like the current video game voice, and they have a really good design that kind of pays homage to not only the video, like the really good video game designs, but the Saturday morning designs a little bit too. You know, it, oh wow, OKKO OK has a really signature animation style where they animated everything on paper first, then they colored over it digitally. And they left a lot of the pencil lines in to make it look drawn, to make it look oh. like it's a show, you know, that's actually drawn with pencils. And it, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite TV shows ever. Um, it has so much fun little like stuff happening in it and so many little things killed from anime and fighting video games and cartoons like this. Ian Jones Cordy is a big fan of this show. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a great show. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, totally. No, I was just going to say, I guess we can just go ahead and jump into the special now. (laughs) If you want to nutshell it, essentially, Robotnik kidnaps Santa and poses as Santa's replacement, and Sonic has to get all the toys back that Robotnik has stolen. That's like the nutshell version. It's funny because I like to usually I like to go step by step and kind of run down. This one I'm not really too worried about going step by step. It, it's it's really weird. Um, Robotnik has kidnapped Santa. Of course, we can tell because the Santa that's making this big public TV announcement has like nuts and bolts and is very plot thread you know, number one. Is <laughs> very like stiff in his you know in his movements. It's awful. Yeah, it's it is awful. Yeah. Uh, he appoints Robotnik to be his replacement. Mothers, fathers, boys, and girls, I proudly introduce my replacement, your friend and mine, 
Robotnik claws. And he says, oh, you know, I'm going to be great, but there's going to be a, a couple little changes you won't even notice. Well, the changes are that everybody has to give something to Robotnik instead of Santa, or Robotnik claws, excuse me, instead of, uh, you know, him giving presents to everyone else. So we get like this bit where kids are jumping on his lap, you know, in line to see him. And he's like, what are you going to get me for Christmas? And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and and then uh, what's the scratch and uh, what's the name of the... the and Grounder, yeah, yeah. Scratch and Grounder are there, you know, like intimidating the kids and, and just people on the street like, okay, well, what are you going to do for him? What are you giving him? <laughs> so so that's like one big thread right there where he's taken over. There's also a little plot, a side plot or subplot, whatever you want to call it, where Sonic and Sally decide that they're not going to give each other presents, but last year, apparently, she gave Sonic something anyway, so now he has to go get something for her and that's how he finds out this whole bit because when he runs in like all the stores are empty because robotnik is you know he's taking everything for himself yeah plot thread too that's exactly that's the second plot thread we they they discover that santa's missing so they got to go rescue santa so we kind of return a little bit to to the second yeah. to, to the first uh where they got to go rescue him but yeah <laughs> It's funny because, okay, they make it a point, uh, you know, uh, that Sonic is wearing a ring that, that the princess gave him, you know, the Christmas before. Nice ring! Thanks! What's that squiggle on it mean? I don't know. Neither did Sal. Oh, a mystery, huh? I love mysteries. And it has like a strange design. They have no idea what it is. Yes. And yes. <laughs> the whole thing, it, I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep it together here, but it's kind of ridiculous. Of Plot plot thread three. <laughs> I'm trying to clip it together too, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The the whole thing is that he can unlock like super hypersonic speed or something yes. with it. So not which is just supersonic from the game. They're not calling it that. All he needed to do was turn gold. He'd be supersonic, but they're not calling it that. Right. Which uh, I didn't. I remember supersonic being like big thing you know in the games when i was growing up it was like hey have yeah. you ever gotten supersonic what what are you talking about and uh you know it's yeah it's like if you what was it if you collect all the emeralds and then every time you get like 50 rings then you turn into supersonic something like that that uh that that wasn't far away from like the dragon ball z power up um <laughs> like yeah. you know, super in, saiyan in, in, yeah in japan like you know dragon ball z was releasing around the same year as sonic was being developed as a thing like in turning right. more into a thing so it totally makes sense when you put it in the context of the video game releases yeah and uh i, I love dragon ball z it's like one of my favorite animes ever Oh really? I uh, I will watch Dragon Ball, but I cannot sit through Dragon Ball Z anymore. It's just so much. <laughs> well, I don't know if it actually holds up. I haven't watched it since college. I just remember that uh, my college roommate and I would like watch it when we get home from school, and then you know we'd like just have a can of Pringles and just like down a can of Pringles between the two of us. You know. I see. I see. So it's more like it's more like a nostalgia related thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel that way about uh I feel that way about Dragon Ball because I had the I, I had the manga growing up. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, I had like the uncensored manga, so it was very <laughs> near and dear to my heart like <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not proud of it, but you know, it's a big sentimental <laughs> thing. So you saw Bulma and all uh, all that. Uh, you didn't have to say that, but yeah, sure. I mean, I have to admit it now, I guess. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I remember Supersonic. Yeah, he turns gold. So from blue to gold, it's basically Goku, you know, uh, and powering up. But um, that was like the whole thing here. So when he rescues Santa, Santa says, you know, he, he's like, oh, I can't believe it. There's no way to get all the presents done. There's like millions and millions of kids and presents. Even if we got them all back, I wouldn't have time. And then he notices Sonic's ring that has that little design. Like what? Whoever has that ring you're wearing can unlock the secret of ultimate velocity. Super speed? 
Extremely super. But to gain that power, you must master all of the impossible challenges. <laughs> what is that? that? That unlocks this whole new super speed. But like, there's a whole weird list of things that you got to do. And one of them was like snowboarding down a <laughs> particular plot thread mountain. like four. Yes. <laughs> so it was so weird. First, you must climb Ice Pick Peak. And your second challenge is to snowboard down Calamity Cliffs. Oh, man. I and didn't then, understand not... any of that. Like, why would that be so complicated? And he just got <laughs> like a, He just got like a superpower. Like, he can run so fast now. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but he already could that's what i, I don't get like it, yeah. it's just amped up i guess it's i don't know yeah, like don't mutant know. growth hormone in the comics you know i mean it just <laughs> it really just seems like they they didn't care at this point and we're just burned yeah. out it's like okay we'll just give a we'll we'll give our animators something fun to do hey let's put them on snowboard yeah that's a it's that's a fun time <laughs> it's, for kids Either that or uh, or it was someone that played like a lot of like Legend of Zelda or one of those games where like, oh, yeah, oh. go on the side quest to get this extra power up and then <laughs> or something. Totally, you know? totally. That would appeal to children too. the side quest mentality. That's right. So, yeah, he rescues Santa. He gets the superpower. He steals everything from Robotnik uh, as Robotnik is singing under the, you know, uh, under the tree and around all the presents. <laughs> And uh, and then he goes and delivers it. But in the end, <laughs> Santa decides that, you know what? May, you did such a good job. Maybe I will retire and you're going to be Sonic Claws. I'm impressed. Really impressed. In fact, I think that Robot Santa was right. It's time for me to retire and turn my job over to you. Me? And I thought this was insane. That Sonic That's what I'm saying. Me too. Sonic eventually is just like, hey, you know what? Maybe I would be a good Santa. <laughs> like, what? It's so strange. I I love how Santa, who you know, delivers all these millions of toys every Christmas Eve and, and uh, in no time, whatever. He's just like, you know what? I yeah, I, I think I will retire. You did a great job. I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to Bermuda, you know, I'm gonna put my feet up. <laughs> it's crazy. It it's crazy. so crazy. The, the games were a lot better. I mean, yes, they were repetitive, you know, Dr. Robotnik's trying to use these chaos emeralds to build a big thing and take over, but at least they were good. <laughs> they, yeah. they made they made sense. They kind of stuck to their universe. And this was like super all over the place. I think they have like a certain formula that's always rewarding if you're looking for a certain type of payoff from it. You know, the best Sonic the Hedgehog video games, they're video games that seem to give you the ability to feel like, how do I say this? Um, out of control on a certain level. Like uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> while also like being in control, they 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 you can almost feel fearless, like in the way right right things work out. Yeah, I I know what you mean. It's there's a comfort to having the pattern. I mean, Rankin Bass did that like their whole career. You know, they 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 built it or all their shows around this one particular pattern. So um, yeah, same, yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, Mega Man. Look at Mega Man. Uh, same um, thing. It's Rank, you have your Rankin Robot Bass, Masters. Like, Rankin Bass technically has like a couple of productions that are like proto anime productions, because right. uh, yeah, like the animation studios they got like for the time they were using Japanese studios to animate like at least two or three specials, I believe, and they right. have they have pretty interesting animation at times if you actually watch them. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, look at The Hobbit or uh, Silverhawks and Thundercats. I mean, you can definitely see their style. And I think oh, some of the oh animators went on to to form um, studio or, or some of them joined studio. What is it? Ghibli? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Thundercats. That has like one of the best intros of any cartoon I've ever seen. 
But I don't like I don't like the rest of the series because the first (laughs) episode the first episode has really cool animation. It has awesome spaceship designs. There's like a like there's like a pirate attack going on in that thing. And then like (laughs) they lose everything and then Lino goes into stasis and they just crash into this planet. And once they get everything established there, which I don't know how Lino got so old, but the twins stayed the same. And oh, also, they they do mention that his uh his stasis pod like malfunctioned. It uh, malfunctioned. It's like a throwaway line, and that's it. You know. Oh, okay. It malfunctioned. Okay, I didn't yeah. remember that. I do remember though that like. Chitara is very into Lido at the beginning. Like when he gets out of his stasis pile, like she comments on how he's a handsome young man. He's so handsome, and, yeah. Yeah, and she like touches his shoulder a little bit, like runs her finger down it, dude. It's it's intense for a second. I couldn't believe they did it in an <laughs> She's into it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor Sonic doesn't get that at all here. <laughs> no, um, he gets a kiss from Sally, which um, I guess she doesn't even really say anything about. Like, he just kind of kisses her real quick and runs off. Um, yeah, it's very and, odd. Their their relationship feels muted. I mean, I think having right. Sally here is good for the story, but she really doesn't do much besides give him this emerald. Yeah, and I think uh, it's because the voice actress was uh, committed to doing Space Jam or something like that. She had some other project she had to work on. So they, because it was actually supposedly a scene that was like a a longer version of that scene that was just cut down. Yeah. So I wonder how much. She'd be the voice of Lola Bunny then. Uh, Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Kath. Kath uh, Saoshi. That's it. Yeah. 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 And um, she is also in the spectacular Spider Man cartoon that ran on the CW as the that was a good one. Yeah. Of, yeah. Oh, man. That is a great Spider Man adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. The one uh, that was airing during uh, the time that this ran was that one on uh, Fox. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, fine uh, too. It, I, and I liked it. It was a good, you know, Spider Man cartoon, but it was very much. Like it leaned really heavily into the Spider-Man comics of that era, oh. you know, the Clone Saga. And... Oh, I uh, I definitely <laughs> consider it the B tire of the animation. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, the X Men was good, but the actual quality yeah. of the animation was B tire. You know, like I group it in the same with Saturday AM and all this other like B tire right. stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I I completely agree. Um, but you know, I, I do have to ask, so, so talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and everything, uh, what would you say would be your hap, hap, happiest memory or moment with Sonic? Like with Sonic in general or just this, uh, like you could do it Sonic in general or of this special in particular, whichever you prefer. Um, well, I had a, I had one thing wrote out as far as the special goes, I wanted mm-hmm. to like it, it reminded me of being in retail stores when VHS was still a thing. Like it reminded me of like being a little kid, like pre 2002, 2003 when DVD started coming in and other types of media was just filtering out VHS and cassette tape and stuff like that. I remember right. seeing this thing like at a dollar general and it was on like a big clunky VHS. It had the Deke logo and all of it. I can picture the the front cover, which I thought looked terrible even at the time. I just was never interested in it. But it reminds yeah. me of all the it it does remind me of all these VHS like displays from my youth, and like I kind of miss that because I mean you used to be able to get like six Heathcliff cliff episodes for two bucks or something you know at one <laughs> yeah. of these displays you know um i i saw Darkwing duck for the first time because of one of these like uh, vhs compilations they put out oh, nice. they never they didn't release that uh show as a full thing on vhs but they did release several episodes across a few tapes and uh right that, yeah that was the only way i got to experience Darkwing duck because by the time i was really old enough to have 
enough control of my own media that just wasn't running anywhere. Oh, right. Yeah. I love Darkwing uh, Duck. Speaking of Jim Cummings. <laughs> have you read the comics? Uh, no, I haven't. But my daughter started. Uh, she collected. Uh, she found like some sort of graphic novel of the comics, like I guess one of the a trade paperback or yeah, something yeah. at the library. So uh, she started reading the comics, but I have. Hey, they're yet. good. I mean, they're they're definitely aimed at kids, but they're really good. Pretty, you know, like for what they are, they're really good. Yeah, I did get to meet the uh, the composer of uh, Darkwing Duck. Wow. Uh, I don't recall his name at the moment, but it was at a it was at a TMEA, the Texas Music Education Association. They had uh, a conference every year, but he was there. He had his own booth. It was pretty cool. He was he was pretty neat. Uh, we is. talked a long time about just music and in general. Yeah. So it was in compositions. Yeah, it was cool. Very um, cool. But I mean, that's cool for so for me. I think uh, my happiest moment would probably be um, just playing it with my brother and knowing how much he liked it. So he's five years younger than I am. So this was like for him was was really really cool. I was uh, at this point like starting to move on to like Mortal Kombat and you know games like that that were a little more. Uh, aggressive and you know yeah. they were considered more cool or whatever and uh but still just i remember playing it with him and it was you know he would be i'd be sonic he'd be tails and and sonic, playing sonic too it was just so much fun so i think that's probably the one that would mean the most to me but now we come to my favorite part of the show which is a little segment i like to call gag me with the spoon so this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of the uh ep- you know the episode that we watched here so uh, as a guest i'll let you go first just kind of set up the scene for us um basically anytime the uh, little boy that's there as a plot device is on screen I just hate his voice acting, and I don't know if it's an actual little boy playing it. Like, I don't want to like be mean spirited if it is like a little child like doing this, because right. then I'm going to place all the blame on the director for like <laughs> not letting a little kid really dig into this because. The the whining in this is so lame. It's like some of the worst child like child acting I've heard in any of these fucking B cartoons. I'm sorry about my f bomb, but uh, like it's some of the worst child acting I've heard in any of these B cartoons from the '90s. Like it's <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. Like the the way he talks, that's not Santa. <laughs> like like really like i would feel like better if like this kid had some kind of backbone though you know like i think (laughs) i try to give him a little bit later but the way his voice is it's just so bad like i just i don't know i don't know what they were doing here it just it just seems like they got the first actor or child they could and brought him in and was just like, here, just read these. It'll be fine. Like, just do it. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, thinking of how they made this, it really wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me either. Like, if like one of these directors brought their kid in and was just like, okay, just do it like we did at home. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. So for me, I chose when... Uh, Robotnik is all alone there with his Christmas tree and all the presents piled up and just something about the way he's saying this. And I'm going to do my, I'm going to try to do my best Robotnik voice. I don't know if it's going to fly, but I'm going to try it anyway. And he goes, Merry Christmas to me. Merry Christmas to me. It's just like, come on, man. That ain't bad. (laughs) That could be worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> long, uh, long John Baldry isn't a bad Robotnik. He just always has really clunky, like clunky writing. Yeah, and I a lot of it I do blame on the writing. I remember some of these episodes, and they just weren't. I mean, you compare it with like we talked about X Men or Batman the animated series, and they're just it's on a whole nother level. And I know part of that was on purpose. They wanted this to be more lighthearted and fun and kid friendly. But still, I mean, come on. Things can still be lighthearted and fun and kid-friendly and be well-written. I mean, look at the Sonic movie. Well, I mean, if 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 we're going to talk about Batman, I mean, think about the... 
because Tiny Toon Adventures had done so well, that paved the way for Batman to become what it became. And then you look at Animaniacs, and that was an equal program in production and just overall, like, just quality all around, you know? And I think there's better stuff going on in the Deke universe at this time. You know, Deke isn't, like, a big, like, powerhouse of an animation studio, but I'm... Right. I'm fairly certain around this time there must have been something better than this going on somewhere. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was a B project for them. Like they just kind of needed to pick something up for distribution or something. I I looked into this a uh, long time ago. It's been a moment. My memory is a little fuzzy. I apologize <laughs> for anything I might say that's wrong. Well, I know the uh, originally they were only going to have one series and somehow they yeah they just decided let's go ahead and do another (laughs) so it kind of like it's one of those things where it's i think if they had just stuck with one they could have done one really well but uh by outsourcing it i think this one had like four different animation studios behind it oh god um yeah Yeah, exactly you mentioned earlier the ova i'm a I'm a big fan of that OVA and there's only one like little thing of that. It's like an hour long movie, but it actually feels like intense in its design and its action scenes feel intense and they have weight and it's, it's made by a really excellent anime studio. Um, Right. It's got the Sega CD era designs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and something about the the designs here, uh, you know, we mentioned it was more, they took a lot more license. So Sonic still looks the same. Tails still looks the same. Robotnik, his whole body style is different. He's, he's almost like a starfish, you know, it's, he's not so much an egg anymore. And he was designed as Dr. Eggman, you know, the Robotnik was just named that Sega of America kind of gave to, him. Yeah. you know, it was like, he was, yeah. he was created to be Dr. Eggman. So it's just, it, it didn't j- jive with the, the game design and, so that yeah, that was a big turnoff for me as well. But yeah, I don't like his uh, weird phallic head. Um, just, <laughs> everything about it just seems so ugly and gross. <laughs> but they don't really have the budget or the imagination that those people did in any way to make it like fascinatingly ugly. You know, <laughs> the difference between bad art. And good art is that good art captures your attention on some level. Right. You know, bad yeah. art just doesn't capture your attention. Bad art makes you go, well, I mean, this is a thing you did. You know, you, you <laughs> did something. That's, yeah, and, there and you go. They did, the, they gave him like gambit's eyes where like his irises are black. It's like, oh, why? Yeah. Well, what was the point of that? You know, if you were yeah. going to give him, just give him goggles in. Like, I wonder if he's a... got like a daredevil thing going on. If he's like a Matt Murdock, <laughs> you know, he's like everything, <laughs> everything he sees is just this flaming hellscape and he has to rely <laughs> on his senses. Honestly, if they had done that, that'd be like friggin' sick. I'd love everything about that. Like I'd watch this cartoon <laughs> all the time. Like, Dude, I would watch this cartoon all the time, thinking about that thing constantly. Like, oh man, this guy, he he creates robots with this crazy daredevil vision. (laughs) No wonder he's so angry. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, the the last point I want to hit before we get to my last bit here was, uh, why does his Santa costume, why is it so small? Like, why, (laughs) why? It's like ridiculously small on him you know he's got his his midriff his belly hanging out he's uh it's you know they're not only are they too short you know like they're high waters but they're like almost up to his knees i don't understand why it's like he couldn't have rented a bigger one that's a large problem with this cartoon is that both of these things kind of lean into what they're trying to do a little too hard and telegraph what they're trying to do a little too hard. Like from the first moment I saw this as a kid, I was like, well, I know this is a goofy, dumb thing from this like cover <laughs> art on the VHS and the dollar store I'm looking at, you know? <laughs> like, um, and like, 
sometimes I think they just take these designs and they're like, oh, we're making a silly thing for kids, so let's uh, make his design real silly when it would actually make more practical sense that from an animation standpoint to not make it really small and to not make it full of lines that we have to keep redoing for no reason. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, if you're trying to, you have a, you know, a time limit uh, or a deadline and, and you have a budget issue, like just do it the regular way, but whatever. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, but it does make me wonder, you know, GI Joe, they taught us that uh, knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? I think the other half of the battle is the battle for supremacy of mankind over Santa Sonic as he slowly goes insane from the power he's derived from becoming Santa and taking on Santa's alias. Because think about it, he can already go faster than any machine on Earth. Like, no government is going to be able to touch him. He is going to bring, like, an ultra-dystopian form of peace onto, like, <laughs> our world. Like, this world seems hellish right now. Like, whatever Santa Sonic is going to do to the world, I don't, I, I'm glad I'm not going to be around for. <laughs> well, that's way better than mine. <laughs> I mean, he's going, to, I thought... he's going to dismantle the various governments of the world with his speed. Like, it's going to be scary. <laughs> Plus, all the children, none of the children will question it. He's Santa. They're going to look up to him. They're going to listen to him. It's going to be like 84 with, like, gift wrapping and bow ties. <laughs> Mommy, why is Santa blue and has no beard? <laughs> I don't know, honey. Just do what your overlord says. <laughs> yes. This is the way now, child. That's right. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so I thought if knowing is half the battle, the other half is having at least one ring so that you don't lose a life. <laughs> so. Oh, that's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. Very good point. Robbie, it's been fun talking with you. But, you know, tell me about your show. What do you want to plug? Um, well, I'm uh, I'm putting out new episodes of Conversations with Robbie Sherman right now. Had Chuck Staten on recently. I had my friend Classical Glaza, the streamer, podcaster on recently. Um, I got nice. more exciting people coming up. Um, I'm going to be doing the Freakazoid podcast. I'm going to be having those episodes come up within the next couple of months. I'm currently recording for those. Um, I'm I'm trying to get DVDs for those so I can uh, get the real inside scoop on some of these things. This is a weird, weird TV show, as I'm sure you're going to find out soon. It was, yes. <laughs> I, I, I do recall Freakazoid, and it was a lot weirder than I remember, but it was also still really enjoyable. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, yeah, I think there's plenty that's still fun and enjoyable. Um, but yeah. also a lot of cringe. It's it's wild. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree there. I'm also doing, I also have the Twitter page, Sherman Sucks mm -hmm. at Sonic, which uh, is part of the reason why I'm on here doing the Sonic Christmas Blast with you. Speaking of which, uh, we cannot forget to mention the Sonic 3D Blast video game that this became an eventual promotion for. Do you like that thing? It was okay. I don't recall liking it too much, but I also didn't hate it. It was, yeah. I remember it being pretty different. Yeah. Like the controls on that thing drive me insane. Um, I downloaded a ROM version and there is this like patch you can find from the original developer that fixes some of the control issues and some of the, Oh, wow. Yeah, it fixes some of the in-game graphics and updates them and makes them look a little fresher and a little more in line with the coloring of the actual game franchise from around that time. Nice. Yeah, so that, that's a pretty cool little thing. That's the, only, that's the only way I can play it now. I can't play that other uh, original version that got released. That's all buggy. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't think I played it very much. I know I played it, but I it it was one of those like, yeah, okay, I, I'm good, and just moved on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. And uh, so, where can they watch you uh, on your Sherman Sucks at Sonic? 
Oh, um, that's on my Twitter, um, and I put up streams through there. I also have a Discord page, and you'll be able to find that through my Twitter page. If uh, it's it, it, just go through the page, it, it's on there somewhere. Believe me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting up more links for people to find that. I'm gonna be hosting movies on there for them to check out and just kind of come in and hang out with me. If you're on my Twitter page, you're welcome on my Discord page. Right on, right on. Well, thanks again. And I'm going to end it by saying Sonic Claws, Sonic Claws. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas and Twitter at Rad Christmas. And if you're feeling like Sonic becoming the new Santa, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our brand new website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. I wish all of you a Merry Christmas, an extremely Merry Christmas, every year of your life. Later, dudes.